0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm super excited to have my guest, Kelsey Rydell here to talk all about growing on Instagram. So the topic today is how to use Instagram to grow your nutrition business. It's really super exciting because I know a lot of us are utilizing social media and Kelsey's digging right in and sharing a lot of actionable ways for us to get started with Instagram right now. We actually cover a lot of different things, um, including you know, do you need a personal or a business account or do you merge the two together? Uh, What should I be sharing on Instagram stories? What are hashtags and how many do I share? Um, Do I need my pictures that I share to be super beautiful and curated or can they be ordinary pictures? And what kind of content should I be sharing on Instagram? So there's a lot of value in this episode. I really want to stress that it's a great one to listen to and it's going to bring so much value to you and your nutrition business. So um, stay tuned. I just want to tell you a little bit about Kelsey first. So Kelsey is a business coach and founder of the brand and podcast Visionary Life. She helps wellness entrepreneurs to write their business plans, discover their winning marketing strategies, and create innovative sales strategies so they can find clients with ease. Her signature 90-day coaching program, The Visionary Method, has helped hundreds of aspiring and startup entrepreneurs gain the confidence they need to have a thriving coaching or service based business. Kelsey lives in Toronto with her husband and rescue pup, Abby. She loves to explore the world in search of the best coffee shops, the most stunning nature, and the wildest experiences. Things like sleeping in the Sahara Desert, backcountry snowboarding, and jumping through canyons, to name a few. Let's welcome Kelsey to the podcast. Kelsey, thank you so much for being here with us today. So excited to chat with you today, Steph. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. I've, um, I guess we're like new to each other's worlds we've <laughs> so like <laughs> for a really, really long time. Um, and just for everyone listening, Kelsey is an, also an instructor at Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. Um, and she actually instructs a business course, which I instruct as well. So that was like a common thread that we had. And then we also both um, do business coaching for nutritionists and wellness entrepreneurs. So we like have this like dual kind of split life where it's like we're doing very similar things.
1: Yeah, it's always kind of nice to connect. First of all, I love connecting with people online. I think it's so amazing that we live in a day and age where we can do that. But when I found you, and I don't know exactly how we connected, but it's really cool to find someone who is like a kindred spirit to you. And (laughs) you mentioned we work a lot of the same roles right now and have followed a similar journey. And without social media, we may never have known that. So it's been great. And I hope that we continue to uh, be able to chat and share our experiences and um, maybe meet in person one day.
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think even like it, there's so many weird coincidences, like um, Kelsey and I went to the same, uh, CSNN branch, but like just a semester apart. So like we keep missing each other
1: in life. So yeah. like, well, we like, we to get together and have a hangout, but one day we will make it happen. We'll do a retreat somewhere. Just the two of us. Ooh, yeah, there we go. That sounds really fun. Love it. <laughs>
0: so why don't you just start by telling us kind of how you became more of an expert on social media and specifically Instagram because that's what we're really here to talk about today and I'm really excited to have you talk about that because I know that it's a specialty so how did you really like get more expertise in that area?
1: Yeah so it's definitely been a journey that has not been exactly linear but I think with social media still being a relatively new phenomenon A lot of people have found themselves working in this industry and in becoming social media managers and experts and influencers. And we've kind of just had to figure it out along the way through a passion for what we were seeing with all these social media platforms. So, for me, as you mentioned, I was a student at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, loved the program. And when I graduated, I I kept thinking, you know what? I don't know that I wanna be practicing. One on one with clients in an office. So I began to build my brand online, and it was called something totally different. I think I was called like holistic, your holistic or something like that. Mm. And it was kind of fun little project, and I I really saw the potential in creating group online programs and in sharing more on Facebook and Instagram and Periscope at the time and Twitter. And just out of a sheer interest and curiosity in how that could help me expand my network, I was posting, you know, food and fitness and just really playing around with it for myself. And that's kind of the first um, eye opening that I had to the power of social media, just because it brought me some clients and it allowed people to recognize what I was passionate about because I shared exactly what I loved without fear or without hesitation, and and that helped me to build some community. And then fast forward a little bit, uh, I kept that more as a side business, and I went on to work in sales and marketing for a couple of Canada's top health food brands. And one of those brands was a protein powder brand called Vega, And um, they are, I think, pretty much dominating the plant-based protein market right now. And at the time, six years ago, they were quite small. And I was doing all of their regional marketing here in Ontario. And they gave us the option on one of our calls together to launch a community-based social media account. So I was able to create this Vega Ontario Instagram account. And I started posting when we'd be at events and when our next promotion was gonna be. And I started sending people free product and they were posting about it. And this was way before influencer marketing really picked up. I mean, yeah, it existed, but it wasn't necessarily where it is today. And it just blew my mind once again, the power of social media and bringing a community of like-minded people together people who loved plant-based nutrition, people who loved working out at 6am and who wanted to show up and um, experience an event with us. And that led me to work in a number of different jobs where I was kind of spearheading the digital marketing. So growing it beyond just Instagram, but also using other platforms, using um, online education and creating Micro communities, and it's just extended its way from there to Mm -hmm. now I own my own business. Uh, Like you said, coaching wellness entrepreneurs and startup service providers how to build their brands using online marketing strategies.
0: That is amazing. I I like got goosebumps because I'm like, wow, you were like the original. Like you started this. (laughs) Everyone else is following Healthy's model.
1: (laughs) I have to pass a little bit of credit over to Vega. I think. Mm -hmm brand, they are one to watch. And especially in the early days, they inspired me and pushed me to even recognize that there was opportunity in this. Um, And I think the lesson there is to follow visionary brands and just watch what they're doing, right? Because oftentimes they have more resources and more insight into what's working in the early stages So if you can find those core brands that you know are a little ahead of the curve online, just take a critical eye at them and say, what are they doing that I could adopt in my own business? So yeah, I just wanted to say (laughs) that definitely pushed me and it wasn't all my idea, but um, yeah, it was great to be able to work for a company that did see into the future.
0: That's amazing. And I'm really actually glad you brought that up because I think a lot of us shy away from looking at what other people are doing and I think obviously there's a thin line we don't want to obsessively look and and be self-critical like oh look how much they're doing and look how little I'm doing but we want to I think we do shy away from looking at what other successful people are doing and learning from them so I'm really glad you brought that up
1: Yeah, you're so right, too. There's a fine line between um, just creeping on everybody and being diluting your own thoughts and ideas and strategies with everyone else's. But yeah, I would say especially uh, with brands or people who don't make you feel kind of like icky or that you're always watching them and waiting for their next move, um, finding that healthy balance of curating your feed with just maybe five to 10 people or Instagram accounts that inspire you.
0: Mhm yeah that's great that's really good advice so why don't we just dig into like I know today is all about Instagram I know it's one of the I guess like biggest growing platforms you know a lot of people that I know or that I've coached in my um, coaching business like have shifted kind of even from Facebook over to Instagram and it seems to be where people are living so one of the biggest questions that I get with Instagram that I really hope you can answer for us is you know do I use my personal account or do I create a separate business account or do I merge The two together. And I believe that um, I read recently, or you shared that you actually started your account as a personal account and kind of merged in the business. So, what are your thoughts um, around that topic?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I will say first off that it can absolutely be your own personal preference with which approach you take. But I really do believe that if you are uh, the face and the brand of your business, so I am a solopreneur. I am doing the coaching programs. I am running the coaching, uh, with my clients and it's me behind the brand. And so for me, it didn't make sense to come up with a second avatar and a second brand in business when really what I was doing was simply an extension of my lifestyle. And as I evolved as a person, as a human, I wanted my business to evolve. I know for certain that what I'm doing now is not what I'll be doing in 10 years because I'm growing and I'm trying to continually learn. And I really, for me, it feels comfortable and slightly uncomfortable to bring my audience along for the journey as I go through life and learn skills. And I truly believe that that is how people connect with me and come to know and trust me. So, yes, it was a bit of muddy waters from shifting from, hey, this is my personal account. I talk about family and friends and I'm posting, you know, me with a a night out at the bar with all my (laughs) friends with beers and stuff. Yes, that felt a bit awkward to then say, okay, now I'm going to talk about business and uh, really start to promote my programs and talk about social media um, and the transition didn't happen overnight, but I trained people that this is what I am going to be talking about. And it's okay if you don't resonate with this message anymore. The mm. reason I, I feel like that for me was a really good decision as well, is that a lot of my first clients, the first students in my group coaching program came from people who knew me personally personally or who referred me out. So if I would have abandoned all those people in favor of starting a business-based account, um, and separating them, I think I would have missed out on a lot of warm leads. So as a solopreneur, someone as the face of your business, if it's you, I think there is a lot of merit in combining your accounts for simplicity, especially if you feel overwhelmed, However, I, I get that a lot of people, they don't want to be the face of their brand. And in that case, start a separate account, see if it makes sense for you to run to or shift primarily to your business account. But I know for a lot of people, that just feels daunting. Like we can barely keep up with one account. So I think be strategic in how you go about it. Um, and if you're feeling like you want to be really authentic in your brand and you are no different than, um, your business, then in your personal life, then combine them and save yourself a lot of time and let people unfollow you. It's okay. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, that's really good advice because I think so many people worry about that and they they don't actually start the business or the account because yeah. that one decision is like so like. Like, overwhelming. They're like, which one do I use? Um, and I'm kind of the same way where I say, you know, whatever one feels best to you. And it is hard to, you know, manage two accounts, but, you know, you have to pick something that's going to feel really authentic, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, if, if you're going to be sharing about your life, like, make sure that. You can kind of combine the two and it feels really good to you. So, what would you say um, in terms of like, I don't know if there's like a steadfast rule, but let's say somebody had like a personal account and they wanted to shift into more of a business one and still uh, post some personal stuff. Like, how is there like a 50% business, 50% personal, or more business? Like, is there any kind of rules around that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a particular number that I would share per se, but I always kind of go back to, um, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk and he has the book Jab, 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 Right Hook. So when I think of my one Instagram account, which is just my name and it's my business as well as my personal account that I've merged, I think about the fact that I am there to provide value And I am not there to constantly harp on people that they need to enroll in a program or buy this new ebook that I put out. So in terms of balancing personal and business, um, there's not a right number per se, but when I'm feeling inspired that I want to share, hey, I'm out on a walk with my husband and my dog, I'll I'll show my community that because a lot of the times people who will eventually work with me as one-on-one clients or group students they enjoy the fact that they can get to know me outside of my office hours and see if they resonate with me, right? Maybe I'm traveling and they also love to travel. And it's just this common thread that allows them to see, okay, hey, she's kind of like me. I think that we would make a good fit in terms of coaching. Or maybe the things that I share don't resonate with them. And it's a clear distinction that they need to go seek another coach. So I think um, in terms of splitting it, Go with what feels good, but of course, if you want to grow your business, make sure you're talking about your business every now and again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, if we're constantly just showing, um, you know, us walking our dog or time with our cats or with our kids or whatever it is, but it's not like geared with a business mm-hmm. mentality or, or backbone to it. Like, is that? is that confusing to people? Do people come on, you know, because also something I talk about with my clients is like awareness level of people because we kind of just do our Instagram as if somebody's been there from the beginning and they know everything about in our story. But if someone just joins today, like, and their awareness level is a very low point, Mm
1: -hmm. um, they know who you are and what you do and all you're posting about is your dog. Like, is that confusing for people? Absolutely. And I think what people do really, really well nowadays when they have that awareness is every 10 to 20 posts doing one of those introductory posts where you spew out five interesting facts about you or five ways that people can learn more about your business. And, you know, just a simple photo of yourself and saying, hey, are you new here? I'm Kelsey, da-da-da-da-da. And I think that's really helpful for the people who have just stumbled upon your page and who don't want to scroll back and, and find out, well, who is this girl or guy? And so doing one of those introductory posts, I think, is a schedule into your calendar. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, So kind of shifting to, well, we'll probably go back and forth between kind of Instagram feed and Instagram stories. But Mm. what is your take on introducing yourself on Instagram stories? Um, I see somebody that I follow, she consistently kind of introduces herself, you know, like hey, I'm, you know, Sam, I do this, I help people do this, like, and she's constantly reinforcing who she is, what she does, how she helps. What do you think about that?
1: Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't necessarily have a strategy around that. But if you are comfortable with video, and if you're not, I would encourage any of the listeners to start practicing use an app like Marco Polo with your friends, if you don't want to be posting it Mm. to the world quite yet. Um, But There is nothing more powerful right now than video. Um, People wonder why are my Instagram photos not getting as much engagement? It's because people are spending more time on platforms where they can watch real-time video and connect with people like we're meant to connect, right? We don't connect with two-dimensional images, right? It's very challenging for me to get a vibe from you by just seeing an overly edited photo. So I always go to the fact that video is going to foster a deeper connection and you're going to be more relatable um, any way that you can use video over photo or video over text per se. So if you can get on Instagram stories, And introduce yourself once in a while that's fine people can scroll forward if they already know you but honestly Steph the majority of people that are interested in your message they would watch you say the same thing 900 times and I say that because I I look at who's watching my stories and even when I'm talking about things for the 50th time it's still similar people who keep going back to them. So I find, and I'm the same way. There are certain people I follow who I've heard their message. I know their core values and their mission, but I continue to want to hear more and to just experience their energy. So Mm. I'd say get on Instagram stories or whatever video platform and absolutely use it as a way to introduce yourself.
0: Yeah. I really like that. That's That's really true. Because I think that, um, like you say, I mean, I'm always attracted to your Instagram stories, because I feel like it's like chat time with Kelsey, like you kind of sit down, you get intimate with the camera, you're like, you know, it's just like a chat as if I was your friend in person, and we were having a coffee, like, I I think you do a really good job in that way. And it makes me feel more connected to who you actually are. Um, And I think that a lot of people shy away from the idea of, well, I've already said that, I've already shared that, you know, mm-hmm. how embarrassing. I talked about that again, right? But what I notice that you do and something that I try to do, or you know, the people that um, I really follow and that model this really well for me is that they're consistently saying the same things. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's like four or five things over and over and over because number one, people might not be in the right awareness space at the time that they're hearing it. So maybe it's yep. like they're just like, not really there. They're just clicking through their videos, maybe there's no sound on, maybe they've heard it, but it didn't really like, get into their bones. And you know, it's not really like hitting them yet. Mm -hmm. And then every time you hear this thing, it might mean a different thing to you. So if we only say it once, we're really missing out on so many opportunities to educate at like a deeper, deeper level and build that trust.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. I know, it's it's true, it can feel repetitive. But people need to hear your message over and over before it lands. And um, I think it can be a bit awkward at first, but just know that uh, it doesn't always click in the very first time you say it. So don't be afraid to repeat yourself at least three to seven times, I think, is how many touch points people need before they'll make an online purchase from someone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I always say that to my clients when it's like, They've posted once and they're like, no one's buying. I'm like, they probably (laughs) weren't watching at that time or they need more. They need more, um, again, like I already said that trust, but they, they need that connection again
1: yeah know,
0: know absolutely. spending their money wisely and it, I just wanted to point out that um before we we started recording I was telling Kelsey that I bought um a new course from Jenna Kutcher who is an online kind of online marketing um move in and does a podcast and she's she's brilliant and um I was telling Kelsey that like I kind of woke up groggily this morning and she um launched this program for $99 US and I literally just like got my credit card and bought it and it was like not even a second. And thought, and really, when I think about it, it's like she's built so much trust up with me that that's the first time I've ever bought from her. But I've been following her for about two or three years. Uh So she says the same thing over and over. It's always around online marketing, you know, sales, um, creating connection, creating a community. She's repeating the same things over and over, but I've needed to hear it for two or three years to finally purchase.
1: Yeah, what a good reminder, too, that it often will take years before somebody comes around to spend money with you. So don't give up on them and don't think that conversions happen overnight because they definitely don't. And I've learned that from experience, too. Exactly.
0: Yeah. We, it's all about
1: the fostering the community. Yes. So
0: I have a lot of questions come in about, you know, well, I think there's such a difference now between Instagram feed and Instagram stories so maybe we can kind of tackle each one if you don't mind and give people a little bit more idea of like how to approach each um I get a lot of questions about number one you know how do I approach writing on Instagram like am I writing right in the um in the app where you you know put the text in and then posting, or am I using a program like a social media platform scheduler like um, Buffer or Hootsuite or something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they actually approach kind of that first step of writing the content?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it has to come back to what are you going to be able to do consistently and feel good about? Because there are two ways that I do it and that I educate most of my clients on doing it. Number one would be the the in-the-moment stuff. Instagram, by nature, was supposed to be instant. It was supposed to be, hey, I just saw this really cool restaurant. I snapped this photo of it. And then I wrote a caption of how I was feeling towards the restaurant in the moment. okay, And those will always trump pre-scheduled posts. Uh, Just when people read something that you've written when you're fired up, feeling passionate, feeling excited to share with your friends, that comes across in a totally different way. And in that case, I would say just pop open your Instagram and write the caption right in there. I know people love to have those spaces and all that. You can do that using the app. You just need to uh, separate it sometimes with a dot or a line, if you want a line break, because that can be a bit more challenging to achieve when you're writing it in the app itself. The second thing is that say you're launching a course and you, you need to make sure that you're being consistent with your posting. In that case, I would get on a scheduling app. And a lot of them are very, very affordable. And it allows you to create longer uh, captions, sorry, without typing them through your phone, which can be a bit challenging, right? Our iPhones (laughs) or Androids are not that big and it can be hard to want to spend 30 minutes coming up with a clever caption and you can't copy and paste as easily. So other option to do would be to use a platform like Hootsuite or Buffer or Later and just scheduling out a series of posts. And then hitting the keyboard and writing a caption that feels good to you and scheduling it for whenever it should go live. And for a lot of people, that's a bit easier because you can do those more long form conversations and captions. And Instagram is kind of like the new website. So it's okay to write longer things because it almost acts as your blog post for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So those would be the two ways that I would suggest writing your captions. Okay. Do you
0: have a favorite scheduling platform that you kind of tell all your clients to use?
1: I do. So I love using Buffer um, as well as Hootsuite. So I actually use both. And um, I think that's just based on the fact that I've used them both for over half a decade. So I'm very comfortable with them. I know there are so many more coming out nowadays. I think if you're someone who has. A lot of groups, a lot of pages, a lot of accounts. Something like Meet Edgar can be really good because you can actually upload batches of content and they kind of live in this library. And that's the only site I know that you're able to do that. So if you are a content producing machine, I would look into Meet Edgar
0: yeah and i as far as i know it actually repurposes the or not repurposes but it like recycles the content so like yeah book that you did maybe on facebook like two months ago might get put up again so it's like the same kind of it's again kind of going back to that awareness model like maybe the people didn't see it the first time but you created this awesome content why just create it once why not like repurpose it and
1: recycle it Exactly. And so Buffer has that capability a little bit as well, not as organized, but you can rebuffer a lot of your content. So it is nice to be able to do that because then you don't have to be creating brand new content seven days a week.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I didn't know that Buffer did that. So thank you for that tip. Um, Do you suggest that if somebody's going to use a scheduling platform, they're not just going to write the one post, they're actually sitting down and kind of batching content, maybe doing three or four at one time?
1: Yes, I love the idea of that. So batch work is a huge time saver. Um, I'm not always the best at it because I do get kind of these hits of inspiration. But once per month, I will sit down and I teach people how, in one hour, you can create a month's worth of content. Okay, so sitting down, opening up your scheduling app of choice, and then just having a piece of paper in front of you and jotting down what's top of mind right now. What do I need to be promoting? What's really exciting me at the moment? How can I share more about my personal story or my journey or how I launched this business? And then creating two to three posts about each and doing maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There is no reason why in one hour you can't get 15 posts for the month scheduled in. And then you don't have to worry about it if you get really busy with kind of the day-to-day tasks, at least you've got some consistency in your content coming from that one hour of scheduling and devoting time to prepping the month ahead.
0: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. And I think it just takes that stress off a little bit because we got a lot of moving parts going on in these businesses of ours. So to have, it's kind of like your own little assistant, you know, that's going to send them out when you told them to send them out, but you know, you have to take that kind of back end time to actually prepare it for that little medicine exactly. to do it for you, yeah, yeah. So, do you have any tick um, tricks or tips around what you would suggest people are writing about? Like you mentioned, kind of like your story and about you, um, like any kind of. I don't know if you have like a certain kind of like. Make sure it's a this number of posts on this topic, this number
1: post on that. Um, do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. I used to teach a social media course online, and one of the first things that we did in that course was we would draw a a grid, so just four quadrants, so you're basically just drawing a really big plus sign on a paper, and then you're deciding what are the four key pillars that people need to know about you or your business in order to make an informed purchasing decision. So I always give the example of a store like the Home Depot or like Rona or whatever hardware store is really big in your neighborhood. So in my mind, and I don't go on their Instagram, but in my mind, if I were to land on their Instagram account, what I would expect to see would be number one, the products that line their store, right? They've got tons and tons of homeware goods that We need to know that they carry a lot of this stuff and to to see that they actually have products on the shelf. So that would be the first quadrant. In the second quadrant, I think about the people who walk around those stores. They always have these fun little aprons on with their name on them. And they're usually passionate about one of the sections. Maybe they're really good um, in the greenhouse, or maybe they love the barbecue section. And so they all have this little specialty. I would expect to see friendly faces in another quadrant. Number three, I want to see their products in action. So show me a staged patio and how their barbecues or picnic tables or umbrellas look really good in action, right? I want to be inspired to make my dream patio. So that might be another section. And then number four might be seasonal goods, right? It might be around Christmas time. They're showing, Hey, we've got your Christmas trees. We've got Santa ornaments and all that stuff. So they're reminding me to come spend your money with us. So a simple exercise like that, drawing four quadrants, what do people need to know? And then just make sure you have uh, one, every four posts that reflects that quadrant. Um, Mm. And I remember working with a girl who told me that community was her number one focus. And she loved being with her, her business leaders. And it was so important for her to host these events. And when we were working on her Instagram strategy, I looked through her content and in the past 300 posts, she only had photos of herself and none of them included anybody else. And then here she is telling me community was top of mind to her. And I was like, well, that doesn't come through. Like, I don't even know that you get out of your house to be honest (laughs) with what you're showing. And so that's a reminder to me that if you look at your own Instagram feed, and some of your core values or key pillars of your business are not showing through there, then you need to more consciously curate content that's going to reflect one of those pillars.
0: Mm, That's such a good point. I'm like, Taking inventory in my head, like oh my gosh, I've been wearing sunglasses and a lot of photos, not showing my uh, my eyes. Taking a lot of coffee, I'm like maybe that is a reflection of my life.
1: (laughs) I know, and it can be challenging. Again, we are imperfect humans. We are not perfect (laughs) business owners either. And sometimes you just have to get something out versus having the perfect thing. But yeah, it's something to be mindful of, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that actually brings up a good point that I'd love your input. You know, do you um, recommend that your clients have like picture perfect Instagram feeds, like branded, like, like, really, really nice, high quality photos? Or is it just real life, you know, normal photos? Like, what is your preference there?
1: Yeah, so I I really do feel that if you can have a lovely, perfectly curated feed and you have an on-demand photographer and your budget allows and that feels good and exciting to you, go for it. Make that perfectly curated feed. You will find success with that. I know for me, I I am absolutely going to operate for the rest of my life until I become more comfortable in front of a camera that done is better than perfect and consistency to me is all I'm going for. I want to show up for my audience and I don't want to be stressed out that I haven't booked my next session with a photographer or that my house is not Instagram uh, perfect. And so I think there are two ways to go with that, but I've built my entire business around taking mostly imperfect photos and not having someone To edit all my pictures. So, yes, it may not be 100% consistent or the most visually appealing, but that's not what I'm teaching my clients and students either. I'm not telling them to spend $1,000 every quarter on a photo shoot because for most people, when they start their business, that's not going to be possible. And I'm just going to continue to model for people that you can just show up consistently and as yourself and still find massive success. Uh, But if you love taking photos and doing branding shoots, more power to you, because I think that's going to shine through.
0: I really love that you said that, because I think so many of us can be hard on ourselves that we're like, it doesn't look perfect. So why even bother? And I'm guilty of this too, where I'm like, I don't have enough photos. Like, I don't know what to share. And I'm, I kind of like get nervous to share just my everyday. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying, um, and what I'm hearing is that that's what people want to see. They, you know, of course, they want to see that there's more direction and focus, but they want to see that you're a real person. And we're kind of breaking that model a little bit of like everything has to be super, you know, um, branded or, super, you know, like you said, unless you love that. And that's what your your followers really like. But, you know, yeah. we don't have to operate in that way if it's not comfortable to us.
1: Absolutely. And I think that should apply to anything you do in business. Yes, it takes getting uncomfortable in order to grow and to propel your business, but you don't have to do things that don't feel aligned with your brand mission. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a really powerful reminder. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to see here. Um, I had a lot of kind of questions from the community about Instagram. I want to make sure I cover them all. So let's just talk about hashtags for a second, because that's another question I get all the time. And um, I know you and I previously um, chatted very quickly about this idea of being shadow banned, which I don't even know if we have enough time to go into this, but um, my understanding is like, you would use a certain amount of hashtags on your photos that are going to be directed to that kind of, community or person that you're trying to attract but sometimes there's rules around the type of hashtags you're using or how many you're using and you risk being you know quote-unquote shadow banned from Instagram. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah so hashtags I feel like they've always kind of been misunderstood and no one's really ever been able to say use this amount of hashtags and you'll find more success or use these strategic ones and You'll double your following every month. There is no formula. So, I've done a lot of experimentation in terms of what works and what doesn't. So, for me, I'll I'll just share personally what I do with my clients and uh, the brands that I work with. I like to, again, go back to that four pillar um, what are the key components of your business? and write out those four topics and then a few more things that you often post about, okay? So maybe you share a weekly podcast. Maybe you talk about uh, personal development a lot. Maybe you talk about nutrition or autoimmune disease a lot. So write out all those buckets. And then what I would do is actually go into the Instagram app and type in some of the common hashtags in the tag search key and then see what pops up as similarly searched. So once you type that into Instagram, you will get um, a few along the top that say, people also search this. And then what I do is I compile those into a Google document and I come up with about five to 10 hashtags for each topic that I'm talking about. Um, From there, I will email that document to myself. And every time I post something on Instagram, what I'll do is I'll just pull up that email And I'll copy and paste the five to 10 hashtags that apply to that pillar of my business. And I'll either paste them directly in the caption or in the comments. So I don't think there's a need to bombard your feed with 30 hashtags on every post, again, let's go for quality versus quantity. Just what are people searching that might be similar to the content you're posting? And you want to lead people to that. Same goes with Instagram stories. So I don't think enough people are posting hashtags on Instagram stories. So what you can do is again, copy and paste from that document you've emailed to yourself, and you can actually hide hashtags in stories. So you can shrink 10 to 20 hashtags down into the size of a grain of sand on your story and you can hide it behind a little emoji or something. And that makes your um, stories more searchable. So I think that's a great way to get exposure. Um, But truly, I think uh, use whatever you're comfortable with. If you notice you're getting low engagement, switch it up because maybe you are getting shadow banned and they think that you're overusing them. So keep a watchful eye on what's going on.
0: Hmm. And would you um, say that, like, let's say someone wants to post something around like mindset, because we're all, you know, mind, body, spirit, and holistic, and we're taking this kind of approach. But mindsets, maybe like, you know, there's a 100 million people posting a mindset hashtag, but maybe it's like, um, mind mindset, nutrition is like another one that's like, 1000s of people are using it or hundreds of 1000s, but it's like less used, would you say go for the like, million dollar hashtag or the like, thousand dollar hashtag.
1: Yeah, I think it's great, especially if you have a service or business that has a physical location. Instead of using hashtag fitness, use hashtag Toronto fitness or Vancouver fitness, right? To really niche down. If you are a global business, yes, you want broader reach, but you're still likely going to have more success with people in your immediate market. So yeah, try to find hashtags that are more applicable to the life that you're living, right? So for me, I like to use the hashtag Toronto Business Coach because if someone reaches out from Toronto, I might be able to meet up with them for coffee. And that's going to help them get to know me a lot quicker than someone in Europe who randomly stumbled upon my content, who I may never be able to meet face to face. And that's how I find people uh, get to know a business coach, is oftentimes if they're able to have that conversation with you. So, yeah, niche down if possible and try to find hashtags that are relevant. Uh, to exactly what the message you're trying to convey is. Mm, Okay, that's great to know.
0: Um, Another question, it's like, I'm firing them at you now. I'm just trying to... That's
1: okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should you be commenting... So if someone comments on your post, um, you know, for everyone out there, like, should they be commenting back and engaging with people? Like every time someone comments, you know, how much should they be commenting? Like, is there kind of a rule or a, like an approach to commenting that you mm-hmm. like to follow?
1: I mean, I feel as though any, anytime someone comments on your feed, you must comment back and you should try to provide something of value or something insightful. I think the worst thing we can do is try to build community online and then have people experience dead end conversations with us. That's not what it's about. Uh, Social media is about connecting, but people don't connect with you when you don't respond. So you absolutely should always try to be the last one to respond, continue to create conversation and continue to drive engagement on your own feed in -hmm. terms of social listening and building your audience through commenting on other people's profiles I think that's such a great thing to do with spare time that you have. I would not suggest devoting 10 hours to doing this because that's not a good spend of your time, especially if you only have a limited number of hours uh, per week to work on your business. So if you are finding yourself scrolling Instagram, make that the time that you're not just passing by people make sure you're liking every photo and commenting it. If you are spending time scrolling the feed or watching stories, don't be that person who creeps and doesn't comment. So I always remind myself, if you're going to be on here, at least create conversation with people so that you don't feel it's a waste of time. Um, And then if you get to the point where you're able to hire, uh, maybe it's your little sister or a virtual assistant to be able to get out Um, or to get on your Instagram and to do that for you, to like people's photos who might be future clients, to comment on people who might want to read your newest blog post. That's a better spend for someone who maybe is working for a little less per hour than you are. But again, that can be something that you think about down the line when you have a little bit more money coming through.
0: Hmm. I know. I hear this from a lot of um, business coaches in the online industry is to go and you know find someone similar in your industry. So, like for me, I would go and find another you know business coach for nutritionists or wellness professionals. So maybe I'd go to your profile, Kelsey, and um, what you do is actually go to those people's posts and comment to their audience. I don't know how I feel about this because. I know how hard people work to build their audience and I don't want to go and just, I guess, take other people's clients. Um, Not that that's necessarily what they're saying to do, but they're saying to generate more, you know, engagement that way on other people's audiences. What's your take on that?
1: Oh, that is such a juicy question. Cause you're right. That would be a really strategic thing to do. And I will say I did that once to someone who I knew who was in the wellness space, who was, um offering a similar service that i was and i did honestly felt terrible afterwards that is not the way in which i want to get clients it's one thing to just simply engage with that person who has a similar audience to you but i never felt good about um hunting down the people who follow them and trying to convince them to follow me i think there are better ways that we can do it without being so malicious Um, but you know, if you find yourself on these people's profiles, do it in an organic way. Like if you see a conversation that's going on, on their feed that you want to participate in, that's fine. But doing it with that kind of um, malicious attitude, it doesn't feel good to me. And I don't suggest doing that. I think the karma will come around eventually. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's just
0: your Seeing the conversation and you're liking it, and that's creating awareness, and you're just leaving it at that. And it's not creating any type of, you know, anything more than that, right? Because, like, I think we forget that social media is social, and we're like using it as this job that we're like banging our head on the desk, like, oh my gosh, if only I could crack the code at social media. And we just forget that it's like being social, like having conversations, making friendships communicating, commenting, responding back. Like, yes, it's just so important to to focus on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Um, So really quickly before we get going, I just want to ask you, um, do you have any advice other than staying consistent on Instagram stories and um, um, getting yourself on camera? Any other like Instagram story tips that you would give?
1: Ooh, yes. So I really do love Instagram stories. I find myself very drawn into other people's stories. I like to watch them when I'm in the bath. I like to watch them before bed as much as I try not to. Um, so number one tip is to continue to show up. Like you said, consistently, I know I've mentioned that already, but that pushes you towards the far left of somebody's stories feed. So I want the most amount of people to be able to see your stories So if you can show up on a regular basis, then you will be pushed to the start of their watching material. So that's very helpful. Um, Number two, use the features that Instagram provides. Anytime I put out a poll or a questions box or one of those new quizzes, or I'm adding various funny hashtags or emojis or using the GIFs it makes them more engaging it makes people want to come back and see what you're up to Uh, so try to use what instagram is offering us they know what works and what doesn't and they continue to modify that so i would say just have fun with them um and then third tip make them visually appealing right even if you're not a graphic designer Even if you are not someone who prides yourself on having the perfect branding, try to use the same fonts all the time. Try to use the same color scheme on your stories. Um, Allow people to begin to know what to expect from you because you provide a similar aesthetic that they come to know is your vibe. And it just, again, kind of hones in on that consistency and in them really starting to get a grasp on what your branding is, um, and it will just continue to resonate with them deeper and deeper.
0: That is great advice, Kelsey. I love that so much. And I think those are so usable applicable like you you know everyone listening try that out today you know go yes. if you've never done an Instagram story just try one you know um, put yourself on camera or just do your voice if that doesn't make you feel good and maybe it's you're showing your food and you're just talking about it and try to do a poll or try something new um, you know I think what she shared has been super super helpful um, and really you're gonna learn the most if you start implementing exactly what Kelsey said so Thank you so much for all of this. You are just a wealth of knowledge. And I know that's like 1% of your entire brain that you just shared with us. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so I might have to have you on for like many different topics because you really are a wealth of information. So thank you. Uh,
1: well, thank you for having me on. And hopefully when you're in Toronto, we can book a podcast where I'll put you on the other side of the mic and I can interview you because Yeah. So why don't you just you so pick so share? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would love that. That would be amazing. I love how you do the in-person recordings. That's so cool. Why don't you just share with everyone before we go like um, a little bit about your podcast and then where they can find you or if you maybe like have a freebie they can download or whatever it is you want to share with everyone.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the podcast that I host is called Visionary Life and it airs every single Sunday night. And like you said, we record in-person interviews with visionary entrepreneurs. So people who are starting all types of businesses, I really dig deep with them to understand what were some of the very, very first steps that they took in order to create and launch and scale up their business. So try to make it very digestible so that anybody can realize, hey, if they can do that and start a business, I can too. So that's a little bit about the podcast. And then the best way for people to connect with me obviously would be Instagram. (laughs) So you can find me at Kelsey Riedel. So K-E-L-S-E-Y-R-E-I-D-L. And then I've got lots of links from my website there. So that's it.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. I'm sure you'll get a lot of Instagram followers now and they're going to just like see exactly what you're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. So now I have pressure pressure to show up and practice what I preach
0: now <laughs> yeah maybe we'll give us that fire under our butts a little bit exactly now. <laughs> well thank you again so much and yeah I'm just so excited to have everyone um, listen to this and hopefully have you back on to share more about that other percentage of your brain that you're that you have in there so thank you again I would love that thanks so much Steph thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or take us on social media catch you next time